then sitting upright in a meditative posture. Gently closing your eyes. Feeling your body. If there's a vibration in your body, feel the vibration. Feel your body. In order to be concentrated or composed, it helps to feel rooted in this place where you're sitting. So feel yourself here on the chair, your feet firmly planted on the ground, on the floor, solid base. Since concentration has a lot to do with softening or relaxing, letting go. See if you can let yourself be at ease. Even just a teeny bit, moving yourself to being at ease with yourself as you are here. At ease with what is, even if it's uneasy. this time and place is where you find your lived experience, what it's like to be alive, a living human being. That experience is only, only happens in the present and for you it's happening now through your body, heart and mind. When a person is getting ready to do concentration meditation, it can be very helpful to have a way of setting yourself up or preparing yourself for it, kind of having a transition, getting ready for it. And one way that I I'll suggest is to go through a seven-point relaxation exercise. It is to uh, systematically relax seven different parts of your body. So start by taking a few, taking a little bit longer and deeper breath, and then exhaling, relaxing. A comfortable but fuller breath than usual. And then bring your attention doing that, keeping that breath going, deeper breath, fuller breath. And then bring your attention to your head, your face, 
feeling what's there, especially feeling any tension that might be there. And then as you exhale, relax the head, the face. Feel the breathing deeply. Bring your attention to your shoulders. Shoulders, shoulder blades area. Taking it, breathing in and into that part of your body. And then as you exhale, let your shoulder area relax, soften, even if it's just a teeny bit. Continuing to breathe a little more deeply than usual. Feel the area of your solar plexus and diaphragm. Front rib cage. And then as you exhale, let that whole area soften, relax. And then feeling your arms and your hands. And as you exhale, let them soften as if the flesh and the muscles can relax away from the bones. pelvic cavity. As you exhale, let that relax, soften. feeling your legs, legs and feet. As you exhale, let it relax and soften, relaxing the tops of your thighs, the calves.
And then the final seventh point is to relax, is to feel the whole body. And the global awareness of the body, whatever way it's easy. And then as you exhale, soften it to the degree you can. It doesn't have to get rid of all the tension that's there, but just a little softening. Letting go of how you brace yourself. your breathing return to normal. Let your breathing be at ease. And in developing concentration on the breath, remember we're trying to compose ourselves on the breath, on the experience of breathing. So you might go through your body and see what part of your body where you feel the breathing would be a, maybe a nice place to compose yourself, to settle yourself, relax into. It's easy to be with the experience of breathing. For some people it might be the abdomen moving, the belly going in and out or up and down. Some people might be the diaphragm area. For some people it's the chest, center of the chest or the sides of the chest moving. Some people it's feeling the sensation of air going in and out through the nostrils, or the air against the back of the throat. Some people it's kind of a whole sense of the whole breath body. Spend a little bit of time becoming familiar with how your body experiences breathing. How your body feels the breathing process. To see if there's some place, some center of gravity, some place where it would be maybe easiest to compose yourself, settle yourself around the breathing. If you can't decide, then just it doesn't matter, then just choose whatever. And then see if you can begin to compose yourself, your being, on that breathing with the breath. Like the breath is at the center and everything else kind of settles around it. Don't expect you can do it well, just a little bit. Just a little bit of settling and composing around the breath.
And then see if you can take your attention and really rest it in the experience of breathing, in that place where you feel the breath. Keeping the attention alert there, present. Restful and awake to the experience of breathing. And if there are thoughts or ideas or anything that is pulling your attention away, let go of it. Saying, no thank you, not now. Let go of it. So you can enter into the world of breathing. So you can feel how the experience of breathing in is different than the experience of breathing out. to help you stay present for the breath, one breath after the other. Each time you exhale, give that exhale a count. So counting one to ten. So the first exhale gets one, the second two, the third three. And when you get to the tenth breath, breath starting at one again, if you lose count, don't worry about it without any judgment or commentary. Just very simply, matter-of-factly, begin again at one. Soft, gentle counting that encourages, encourages you to hang in there with one breath after the other. Some people like to count both the in-breath and out-breath. One, one, two, two. Letting the voice that's counting be soft and relaxed. A whisper of reminder, stay here, stay here, stay with the breath.
anything takes you away from the breathing, you can let go of it. If you can't let go of it, then perhaps by accepting it, it's content to be in the best day in the background and you keep the breath in the foreground. You don't need to fight anything or try to push something away if it doesn't, if you can't let go of it. But perhaps you can just go to the background, keeping the breath in the foreground. sit here two, two more minutes. Can you turn yourself over as fully as you can for two minutes to your breathing? Is it, this is the only 
thing that's important, only thing you need to do. Just breathing. to end the sitting. Take a few long, slow, deep breaths. Feel your body. And then take a minute here to review what that sitting was like for yourself without judgment or criticism, but just very matter of fact, like a reporter or a naturalist. What happened to you? How present were you? How well could you be concentrated? What were some of the things that took you away? And how easy was it to let go of the things that took you away? Reviewing bird's eye picture of what happened. different objects a person can use to develop concentration. Um, in our tradition, the breath is very common. Another common one is using uh, what's called loving-kindness meditation, 
and sometimes there are other things people use. Um, but for this class, we'll use the breath. There's a lot of benefits in the breath, and it's, you, you can go very far with the breath. Uh, the um, counting can be very helpful. Some people who've never counted might think it's a little bit hard or awkward to do at first, but if you do it for a while, you get used to it. It's like riding a bicycle. After a while, it becomes easy. And uh, counting can be very helpful. It can kind of keep you on track. Kind of a little encouragement. You get to kind of keep a little bit track of what's going on in order to know what the next count is and keep you present. It's also a good indication of how concentrated you really are. I think that it's very easy to be fooled and think you're more calm and concentrated than you actually are. And you're kind of sitting there. And, you know, Sometimes uh, people have been meditating for a long time. Like I've had this where I sit there and, oh, actually, things are pretty good here. I'm pretty concentrated, pretty calm, pretty good. And then I'll do something like count, and I realize, you know, I can hardly get beyond three. And um, I don't think I have a lot of strength in the concentration. And so then I'll work on strengthening the concentration until it kind of gets up to be stronger. Um, also, the counting sometimes can keep you a little more alert. Sometimes the um, concentration practice can be um, you can get too calm when you do concentration practice, get kind of sleepy, but the, count, the counting can kind of keep you from drifting or getting too, too, uh, too tired. Um, the important thing with counting is to be on guard that the counting doesn't become mechanical or automatic too much. Try to keep it living or organic or somehow alive. Um, it's possible to get into a mechanic groove just counting and your mind isn't Tahiti. You know, you know, oh yeah, I'm counting. You feel like you're doing it, but really your mind is somewhere else. So you have to kind of not get mechanical and keep it living and living connection there. Um, I think it's useful uh, when a person is trying to develop concentration practice to do it with a lot of respect um, and um, and um, when you do something with respect, you don't you don't do it kind of arrogantly, you don't do it with um, demanding it. Or, um, you kind of respect uh, both the practice itself and also how difficult it is to get concentrated so that you're not kind of beating yourself up for how hard it is. Um, there are some people who never seem to get concentrated in meditation, but they still get a lot of benefit from it. And trying to get concentrated, um, even though you don't get concentrated, it tends to kind of dislodge or reveal a lot of the inner psychic forces that are operating. And you can see much more clearly, oh, this is what's going on. This is my, what I tend to think about. This is my concern. These are my emotions and feelings. This is what, you know, you see a lot by the attempt because you're trying to and your mind goes somewhere else and you can see that. And some people get a lot of benefit from that. Um, so I would encourage you not to uh, be upset or concerned if you don't at first succeed. Just it's well worth making the effort and making the effort. <coughs> I think it's also useful to think that concentration practice is helped a lot by preparing yourself for the concentration session. So if you had a busy day and you're running around and just plop yourself down to meditate and get concentrated, you're not it's gonna take you're gonna have to spend a good amount of time just kind of cooling out from the day before you can actually start using your mind to get concentrated. I know that um, uh, there was a period of time where I worked at a, at a restaurant, very fast, difficult work, 
uh, very loud. I enjoyed it, but it was kind of... And I'd go sit uh, in the late afternoon when I came home, and I would sit for 40 minutes. And the first 20 minutes was just kind of cleansing the body and the mind of the tiredness, the exhaustion, the busyness of all that. And I was kind of nodding off and kind of just kind of just... And after 20 minutes, the, the clen- cleansing aspect, the just kind of relaxing aspect that happened. And then the last 20 minutes, I could get concentrated. Um, so it's good to be prepared. So one of the things you might think of doing before you do your 45 minutes is to um, sit for five minutes and look out the window, just kind of and have some tea. Or go for a walk around the block. Or, you know, take a nice shower and relax. You know, kind of, or go for a run or do something that kind of that's kind of settles you and calms you down. So you're not not ask, so you're not asking the meditation to kind of quiet or relax the everyday kind of excited state you might be in. But you kind of do a little bit, kind of it might be more efficient to do it, kind of just sitting having tea for a little bit, just quietly and not do a lot and, and then go and sit. Something. You have to decide for yourself what what's best. Um, it helps if you have practice moderation in food and drink. So don't drink a lot or don't uh, eat a lot, um, especially eating. Um, it's best to kind of have a light stomach. So don't have a big dinner and then sit down to your concentration practice or big lunch. Um, if you have to me- meditate after a meal, then eat really lightly. Um, you know, so you know, be careful that your, your energy and your physiological state is one that's supportive of the practice of waking up and being concentrated. It said it's best not to sleep too little or too much if you want to develop concentration. So uh, it's uh, kind of epidemic in our society to get too little sleep. Um, it said Americans are a sleep-deprived culture. Some people need to sleep more than they need to meditate. Um, but uh, if you get too little sleep, you know, you're <coughs> nodding off all the time and you're not going to have a very good mind, crisp mind that can actually apply yourself. So during these five weeks of this class, if you're one of the people who don't get enough sleep, um, maybe you could try to sleep a little more. You know, go to bed earlier, watch less television, or whatever it takes. Um, I realize this class has a lot of requirements of you. <laughs> but um, hopefully it's not too onerous to get more sleep. But also, you don't want to sleep too much, also. That's also a hindrance to getting concentrated. Because then the mind gets kind of sloth, slothful or dull. Um, it's helpful if you can practice contentment. And um, now that's a tall order. Some people say, what do you mean, contentment? The reason I'm practicing meditation is so I can learn how to be content. And you tell me I have to get content before I can meditate. That doesn't make any sense. But do what you can. See if you can uh, practice a little bit of contentment. Uh, be content with your life or with things as they are. Um, it's good to push that edge of contentment. Um, one way to do this is feel more grateful for things. So if you have the energy and the time inclination to, to cultivate a little more contentment, uh, try to at least try to avoid discontentment. If you notice that, um, I don't know what, that certain activity makes you really discontent, maybe don't do that. Do it after you meditate, not before. <laughs> like if you, some people like, you know, look at the stock market. <laughs> you know, and uh, don't do that just before you meditate. <laughs> Even if good, it's good news, it's not good. For, it's not good for your meditation. And as I said earlier, 
when you're developing concentration, um, there is such thing as distractions. So to the best of your ability, you want to kind of try to create conditions around you where you're not less likely to be distracted. And once you've created those conditions the best you can, uh, then just work with whatever arises. If some noise comes or something happens, just work with that and try to keep doing the practice. Don't set up some kind of resistance to what's happening, or, you know, but, but initially try to set up the right conditions. And one of the conditions that um, is the classic texts talk about is um, meditate in a clean, orderly environment. And in addition, especially if you are a, an aversive type, they say, aversive personality, but it's probably good for anybody, if you really want to get into this, you know, uh, uh, wear clean, orderly clothes. Put on clean clothes, fresh clothes when you're going to sit down to meditate. So all these things kind of help along. It's helpful. Um, uh, concentration develops through repetition of practice over and over again. It's helpful if you get a sense of repetition of rhythm when you do the practice. So if you can, meditate at the same time every day so you have a sense of that rhythm, and so your body and physiology get used to it and they know it's coming. Um, also, it's helpful to meditate in the same place, if you can. So again, so you have associations of meditation to that place. Um, so you come back there and that's the place you do it in. Some people who are a little bit more uh, maybe religiously inclined or devotionally inclined find it helpful to do a little bit of ritual before sitting down to meditate, chanting the Metta Sutta or bowing to a statue of the Buddha or you know, some kind of little ritual, but sometimes a ritual kind of settles things and clears things out and can help. Um, so in this first week of practice, of, of um, your 45 minutes of working with the breath and meditation, counting the breath, staying with it, do the practice, um, I'd encourage you not to try for results. Don't look. Don't tr- don't don't look for. Don't don't measure and say, "How am I doing? Have I done it yet? Am I getting concentrated?" I mean, do your best, but don't worry about. Don't don't think about results. Don't be. Don't don't try to. Don't be concerned about it. If you get concentrated, great. But if you don't get concentrated, that's not the point for the first week. Okay? So you're freed from results. Isn't that great? And, um, but what, what I do what you'd like you to do is, is as you try to stay focused on the breath, try to get concentrated, and also as, you, when you're, as you're memorizing this metta sutta, I would like you to, uh, as you're doing that, to study how you're using your mind. What is it you're doing with it? What is it like to use the mind, to, to try to apply the mind to the breath, to rest the mind there? engage the mind with the breath. What's that movement of engagement, of resting, of placing the mind there. What's that like? To turn the mind and put it there. So you have to do it many times to get a sense of what that's like. What's it like to try to keep it there? Or what, what, what happens in the mind when you get pulled away from the breath? What's that like? And what do you do to that? What do you do when you notice you, you get pulled away? What are your habitual things you do? Do you judge that? Do you get upset? Do you get criticized? You say, oh, great, this is fantastic. I don't like this breath stuff. And now I can think about the heat. It's much, better, it's much nicer. What do you do? And then start exercising your capacity for letting go. And see if you can learn how to let go in a way that is soft, gentle, not aversive, not trying to push something away. And try to let go in such a way that... Um, 
it's convincing. Like you really, you know, really understand, oh yeah, I'll, take, I'll do this later. Thank you, lady. You can say, like, thank you. I'm glad you're there, thought, but we'll take care of this. We'll think about this later. Not now, thank you. Or something that's kind of respectful. Something. See if you can kind of exercise and learn what it's like to let go. So what, what, what's the effort required to rest and stay with the breath? And what's the effort required to let go? So you're studying that. You're getting to know it in doing the work. So, so it's, it's learning something about how your mind works if you want to do this first week. Not necessarily get the results of getting concentrated. If you get concentrated to some degree, um, take that as a nice byproduct of the week. Does that make sense? So the homework, as I said, is to memorize the Metta Sutta. Um, some people don't have very strong ability to memorize. Um, don't feel bad about how well or poorly you can memorize. Just do the best you can and be content with how well you can do it. If between now and next week, if you sincerely try and all you can manage to do is one line or one word, the title. <laughs> if you, you have to try, you know, this is not the loophole out, you know, um, it's well worth the effort of memorizing one line if that's all you can do. Whatever you can do, if you make the effort, is sufficient to get benefit. So don't hold up a standard, oh, I didn't get all the way through the whole thing. Some of you will get through the whole thing in a week. Some of you will get through the first two lines. The point is to memorize what you can and, and, and learn how to use your mind. Learn how you use your mind, what's required of your mind to hold something in your mind and to bring it back up again so you can recall it. Does that make sense? And um, now I'm counting on some of you memorizing it, the whole thing by next week. <laughs> so you can recite it in here for us. That'd be very nice to have some. I think it's very helpful and inspiring to have someone recite it uh, from memory. It can encourages everybody else. It shows it's possible. It's like the four minute mile. Yeah, well, they can do it. I think I can do it too then. And. Um, The last thing then I'll say is, is that um, there are a lot of benefits from concentration. And I won't go into all of it now. Maybe that's going to be more for next week. Uh, it can be very uh, healing for health purposes, for psychological purposes. Um, it can be, um, uh, it can generate a lot of happiness, a lot of feelings of well-being. Um, it's not uncommon for people who can get concentrated well, really well, pretty well, to say that the ecstasy or the joy or the rapture of concentration and meditation is so exponentially greater than the pleasure of sexual orgasm. What do you think of that? <laughs> How's that for a carrot? <laughs> so that's one benefit. Um, the um, uh, one of the one of the benefits of concentration practice 
is that it helps a person live happily here and now. So that would be great. So um, I hope that this so far has been useful. All these lot of lot of talking, a lot of ideas. Um, to me, it is not that important you took it all in, but it's important you got just enough for the instructions to know what to do during the week. So, memorize the sutta, sit for 45 minutes a day, and then um, if you want to get extra credit for this course. <laughs> what? Well, I don't give grades. But I, <laughs> grades don't make any sense, but you can get extra credit, extra merit. And... Um, and that is, um, keep a journal. At the end of your sitting, spend a little bit of time reflecting what happened. Because if you spend the time acknowledging what happened in that sitting, and not to criticize or be upset by what happened, but just kind of very neutrally kind of acknowledge what happened, you'll actually become more familiar quicker about the whole process of how the mind works, what happens in meditation. You'll, learn, you'll, you'll be more honest with what's happening, and you'll take that into account almost automatically the next time you go and sit. It's like you're building, you have a reservoir of knowledge and experience that you're building on. If you take, you know, that's greater if, than if you didn't reflect on it, didn't review it. And one of the ways to review is to um, write a little journal. Write down what that sitting was like. And then um, as the weeks, these five weeks go, goes along, you might go back and review it and see how things are changing over time or if there's uh, frequent patterns you might not notice you have patterns in your practice unless you have that record of how it went. So, I wonder how many of you will come back next week. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much.